Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Law List, Chapter 14. Judd was sitting in the emergency room waiting area, waiting area when Cash Cryer came in with Maudie and Sippy. His hat was off, his dark hair was rumpled. He looked as if he'd been riding with death. There was blood on his white shirt, on his dark slacks. Christina Bell's blood. He looked up as he joined the taking her into surgery. He said, Cooper Coltrane's so pretty. He's the best we have, Marjorie commented. She moaned all the way in the ambulance. Judd continued almost as if he were talking to She couldn't breathe. I wasn't sure if she'd even make it here. His eyes closed on a wave of pain. Chest wounds are frightening, Cash told him gently. But hers was low on a ribcage, not in the gut. Judd's black eyes sought reassurance in the older man's arm. Man, she relaxed, but not much. I expect the operation's going to take time. <laughs> so we'll have to hunt the bullet, Monty groaned. They may not try to take the bullet out if it's less traumatic to leave it in, Cash told her. They'll stop the bleeding and reflate the lung. Then it's a matter of antibiotics and rest. You just signed up for spring semester and brought her textbooks. Monty said heavily. She won't be going back for several weeks, Cash returned. I'm afraid she'll sit out the part of the school year. Quarterly taxes are due week after next, Monty said miserable. What a horrible thing to think about at a time like this. Does she do the tax work? Cash asked her for something to say. She nodded. Does all the book work except paying monthly bills? She glanced at I never got to give you the tie tack she bought you for Christmas. She added, and tears ran down her face. Judd got up, cut to the heart and paste, with his hands deep in his pockets. He didn't get her a present, Monty explained his sudden withdrawal to the others. I shouldn't have mentioned it, I guess. Hurt feeling something awful, especially after he bought Miss Moore that engagement ring. Cash glared down at the redhead model, who was already drawing it. Interest stares from men in the waiting room. She seemingly oddly uneasy at the attention. She lands the ring on her finger and grimaced. It's not an engagement ring, she said uncomfortably. He told Chrissy it was. Monty replied without looking at the younger man. Tippy's eyebrows arched. That was new. Why would he lie about such a thing? Then she remembered the whopper she told Chrissy, trying to get rid of her rival. But she hadn't wanted this. When she looked at Judd and his anguish was almost tangible. And it hurt to think she had made Chrissy miserable. The woman died. She'd have to live with it. It wouldn't be easy. She was a coward. She was utterly worthless. How can he be engaged to you? Gage asked Courtney's crowd to me. He and Chrissy are still married, aren't they? He asked Monty. They're getting a divorce, Monty said. Didn't she tell you? I guess he's already starting proceeding. They're married? <laughs> Tim exclaimed pale. Christina Bellis, his wife? <laughs> They've been married for five years, Monty confirmed mercifully. Never meant anything to him. It was just on paper, so he could take care of things when her dad went to jail. I had no idea, Tippy said miserably. Don't tell me it would have mattered. Cash fed with dripping sarcasm. She came in her and claimed, It would have mattered. She replied, I don't date married men ever. His eyebrows went up. That was news. A tall red-headed surgeon in green scrubs came out of the swinging doors that led to the operating room. Looking around, he spotted Judd. He walked toward him. Someone was smiling. How is she? Judd asked quickly. Cooper cold train shrugged. We've stopped the bleeding. The lungs reinflated, but she's lost a lot of blood, and she's not in good shape. Otherwise, either she's got bronchitis. It's going to complicate her recovery. Bronchitis, Judd repeated. I thought she sounded hoarse, Monty. 
But she said it was just a little cold and she wouldn't go to the doctor. She said she couldn't afford to. Her insurance doesn't have an outpatient clause. The minute the words were out, she regretted them. Just eyes closed, he looked tormented. Tippy looked at the hateful ring on her finger and cursed her own stupidity and taking John into buying her that ring. Cash guy was signed with misery eating at him. Where do we go from here? Judd asked us up to you. We pray. I won't get you promises I can't keep right now. It's a toss-up. I'm sorry. I've done the best I can do. I know. Thanks. Can I see her? Yeah, she's in recovery. It would be better to wait until we get into a room and in intensive care. I'll stay with her. I interrupted. Just before Greg could say the same thing. You can't. Not in intensive care. You can see her through three times a day for no more than ten minutes each time. He added firmly. It's too serious. She has to be kept quiet. No upsets. Judd looked as if he died trying not to snap at the surgeon. But he finally just nodded. Defeatingly. Coltrane put a rough hand on Don't burrow trouble. Take it one hour at a time. You'll get through this. Thanks, so. Judd asked heavily. I know so. I'll keep a close watch on her. Try not to worry. He nodded to the others and went back down the hall. Judd looked at the other three people. I'm glad you're all here, but if anybody gets into that room, even for a minute, it's going to be me, he said shortly. Cash looked inclined to argue. The expression on Judd's face made him back down. If you want us to stay out here with you, I don't mind, Tippy said. Same here, Marty said. I'd rather you went home, Judd said. I'm not leaving the hospital until I know something. One way or the other, I'll give them a ride, Cash said. Then I'll come back. Judd met the other man's older man's eyes. He didn't argue. He didn't even speak. He just nodded. He didn't want to be alone, and he wouldn't have to pull his verbal punches talking about it to cash. He just couldn't talk about gunshot wounds with civilians, most of whom had never seen one. Judd and Cash had seen their share. Judd turned and walked toward the intensive care unit. You took his guns away from him, didn't you? Monty asked Cash when Cash pulled up in front of the house. You know, they're locked up in my office. His expression was something. But there's still a pistol and a shotgun in the house somewhere, Chrissy told me. You better get all the ammunition and lock it up somewhere. The minute I get inside, Marty promised to be glanced for one of them. You aren't serious, she remarked. Cashman arrived. If she were my wife, that's what Marty would be doing for me. He said flatly, yes, I'm serious. Maybe Judd hasn't realized it yet, but he won't have a life left if Christina Bell dies. It isn't logical, but it's what some men do when they're out of their minds with grief. We don't need another tragedy. Amen. Marty said you doubt her. Well, you should go and take Miss Moore back to town, she told Cash. That, that'll sleep. Are you sure I shouldn't stay with Judd tonight? I won't leave him, Cash her. And I'll call you when I know something. I promise. All right, then. Marty said she gave Tippy a gentle smile. You keep that sweater, she told her. I'll get yours back and wash it and press it for you. Thank you, Tippy said softly, and she smiled. Cash drove to her town. He didn't speak, neither did she. In fact, she sat with her arms folded over her chest, looking uncomfortable. For a man-eater, you're surprisingly tame, he commented when he pulled up in front of her hotel. I've done some stupid things I don't like myself very much right now, she said. Did you see what she did? She, had a, she stepped right in front of that gun. She saw it coming. She didn't even hesitate. She must love him very much, she added, almost choking on the words. She does. He agreed. Feeling the words and hating them. She glanced at him curiously. 
You're in love with her, aren't you? If I am, it's nobody's business except my own. He told her flatly, she said. Now you're hostile again. Look, I have a hard time with men. A real hard time. Gary Mays, the assistant director, has been driving me up the wall, trying to get me into bed. Judd pretended to be interested in me to keep him at bay, and I took it a little too seriously. That's all it was. She glared at him again. I wouldn't have made it for a life on a bun with sauce. His eyebrows arched and he looked at her gently. That's just how I feel about women. She relaxed a little. Her eyes slid over and carefully. I trust men in uniform, she blurted out. Cops have gotten me out of some of the worst tangles in my life. He was beginning to get a picture of her that was disturbing. Far from the poise pose she affected on the job. She was shy and introvert and frightened of him. When it just the two of them alone, I have to go in. I have to go in, she said. I hope Christina Bell will be all right. Judd, too. Why don't you look Gary Mays right in the eye and tell him you'll have him for up for sexual harassment if he doesn't back off? He asked abruptly. Her eyeballs, her eyes almost popped. It wouldn't work. It would. If you can stop a man, you can dominate him. It hurts that. Interesting philosophy, she said. Not mine. I read Guan Baltimore's autobiography. He was a famous bullfighter in the early 1900s. He said it works as well with men as it does with bulls. It does. You'd know, she murmured dryly. Yes, I would. She got out of the truck a little slowly. Thanks for the ride. He scrowled and put her close. Can you see me? Yes, unexpectedly. She was surprised by the question. She smiled. Sort of. You're nearsighted and you won't wear your glasses. I guess she left. Sounded like silver bells. And I can't wear contacts. He studied her. Despite the tragedy of the day, she piqued his curiosity. You're a puzzle. I've said some things to you that I shouldn't have. You're not what I thought you were. She was watching him with new respect. Neither are you. She said, think about what I said. He told her as he started the truck. You don't have to take the short, that sort of crap. From an assistant director. If you can't make him stop, let me know. I'll stop him. She shrugged the manager's mouth. I'll keep in touch with Marty. He nodded. He didn't say another word. Seconds later, he was on his way to the hospital. Judd sat alone in the chapel. They let him in for a handful of minutes to look down at Christine Bell's white, drawn, little face. If he'd been able to get to a bar, he could have done through a fifth of whiskey afterward. It was shocking to see her like that. She was hooked up to half a dozen monitoring machines with a needle in her arm, feeding her dew treats and apparently a narcotic for pain. There was a tube coming out of her side to drain her chest. Perhaps it was the same tube that used to reinflate the lung as well. Not since she was 16 had, he been so had she been so badly hurt, and even then it wasn't this serious. It had been the risk that she could die from her father's brutal beating. This was different. She looked fragile and helpless and so alone. Her big dark eyes were closed. There were dark circles under them. Once she breathed, hear the slow rasp of fluid in her chest. Her lips were blue. She looked as if she'd already died. <laughs> he touched her small hand. It was a big one, I remembered. The last time she... last thing she said to him before Clark showed up. To be it's older than he'd been dark. Disgusted with her. That he hated. Hadn't wanted her hanging on him. Running around. Running after him. With his heart on her sleeve. <laughs> his eyes had closed with a shudder. She didn't make it. Her last memory of him would be... She... She didn't make it. Her last memory of him would be one of pain and betrayal. Well, it wasn't true.
He wasn't disgusted. He lay away not remembering the passion they shared. He missed her. It was like being without an arm or a leg. He told her he didn't want anything permanent. Now the choice might not be his anymore. He might be left alone, as he thought he wanted to be. When he told her he was getting a divorce, somewhere he remembered an old adage, be careful what you want, you might get it. He looked at Christine Bill's still body, saw the end of everything he loved. Noise caught his attention. Grier was back. He sat down on the pew beside him, looking up. God's take off at me. He told Judd. God's take that me. He told Judd on an audible sigh as he looked around him. Maybe I'm jinxing her by being in a chapel at all. God isn't vindictive. Judd was laughing. Usually he gives us a lot more leeway when, than we deserve. <laughs> Your father was a minister, Christy said. He come. Judd nodded. <sighs> Shooting John Clark was harder on you than you expected, he replied quietly. Because <sighs> you were taught to believe that killing is always wrong. Grier's eyes went to the pulpit. I wasn't. First thing you learn in the military is the necessity of killing. And how to do it with maximum efficiency. Men won't kill another man close up unless they are taught to do it through muscle reflex. After a few weeks of training, killing is an instinct. I was a good student. He added his voice cold in the silence. Judd's eyes It doesn't bother you. It didn't. Until I got mixed up with her, he had a smile vain. She was the first woman in years. Didn't look at me and see a killer. He has this annoying way of making you feel important, necessary, useful. She made me feel good just by smiling at me. Just hated hearing that from his rival. She's always been like that. He commented after me. No matter how bad things get, she always got a smile. She made me think I could fit in here if I tried. He replied, I've never wanted to belong anywhere in my life until now. Judd stared at the other man with their eyes. I appreciate your company. But better, you'd, but you better know that if she lives, she's never getting that divorce. He said abruptly. Cast her back. You won't fool her with pity. He returned. She'll see right through it. Judd averted his gaze. <laughs> he wasn't willing to share his deed. Best feelings with his own rival. Only rival. The only person I feel sorry for right now is myself. I'm the idiot who's supposed to be protecting her. How the hell did she get shot? <laughs> yes, son. I know he wasn't trying to kill her. She didn't shoot his damn brother. Cash has to stay studying his hands. Couldn't tell Jed what he knew. Not yet. Not until they were sure she was going to live. <sighs> it would all calm out eventually. It would all come. It will all come out eventually. Cash said non-communicably. Put his face in his hands with a long gun. Say, I'd give anything to go back and put things right. He said enigmatically. You and the rest. You and the rest of us. Cash said philosophically. It was a long night. The next morning, blurry-eyed Judd walked into the intensive care unit with a long face and a heavy heart. Christina bowed leg just as he'd seen her before. There was a new drip running, but her expression was as dead as her had been. Had been. He leaned down, brushing the hair away from her face. He winced at just beside her. Oh, I'm so sorry. He was so sorry, honey. Her long eyelashes twitched and her dark eyes opened. 
Her breathing was still raspy. She looked like this on a warm plate, but she seemed to see him. Rosina Bell, he whispered, her eyes fixed on his face. She didn't can hear me, baby. He asked softly, she found hurts. Hurts, she whispered hoarsely. Sweet hand trembled, and as smooth her hair face. Thank God, you're still alive. He said his voice breaking, despite his still in control. He bent and brushed his lips over travel. Thank God, thank God, thank God, he groaned. She blinked. She was barely aware of anything except the pain. Hurts so much. She breathed and her eyes closed again. He let go of her reluctantly, pushed the nurse call button. So the Christina Bell was awake in pain. Seconds later, nurse breathed in, followed by a tactician. And he was chased out with a reassuring smile. She was going to live. It was the hopeful sign they'd all been waiting for. Coulter nodded and passing as he went to check on her. He came back out, scant music. Like, She's going to be your fine, he told Judd, clamping him on the shoulder. It's just a matter of time now. You can stop holding your breath. Judd thicked them and then went down the hall, leaning against the wall, trying to compose himself. He'd been in hell for so long. That the relief was devastating. She would live. She was going to live. He brushed away the quick moisture in his eyes. Cash came up beside him, questioning his eyes. She was going to make it. <laughs> Thank God. Cash said with a hurtful relief. What about Clark? He yes, suddenly having only just remembered the man. <laughs> Patched up and in jail, probably for the rest of his life after the trial. Cash assured him. He's watching the other man closely. I think you should know what Tippy told me. He added hate to her ability, but now meant an end to all his own hopes. Yes, Judd prompted. She saw Clark step out and aim the gun at you. She didn't have time to react, and neither did Chrissy. She said Chrissy realized you wouldn't be able to save yourself. She deliberately stepped out in front of the gun. Judd's intake of breath was audible. Tippy was devastated when she saw it. She said she felt ten kinds of fool for the trouble she caused between the two of you. When she knew how much Chrissy cared, she said, I wouldn't have told you if Chrissy had died, but you should know. I'll go call Maddie and give her the good news. He turned to walk away. Judd stood there like a statue, absorbing the statement with a feeling of utter humility. <sighs> Christina Bell, taking the bullet, meant for him. She'd been willing to give her own life to save him. Never dreamed she cared so much. He's absolutely without words. Now I had to find a way to rebuild the bridges he burned. It wasn't going to be easy. <laughs> Christina Bell drifted in and out of consciousness for the next few days after her body began the slow progress of recovery from the wound, which had cost her part of the lower lobe of her lung and a piece of her spleen as well. Fortunately, the bullet was in the destroyed tissue, which had to be removed to stop the bleeding. She was moved into a semi-private room on the fourth day. After that, Judd never left her side. His second shooting in two weeks had landed him under administrative leave yet again, but he didn't care. It was opportune. His captain and his lieutenant had phoned twice already to check on Christina Bell's status. He had, a good, he had good co-workers. One of them from San Antonio was assigned to take his place temporarily in Victoria, while Christina Bell recuperated from her wounds. Rich business had to be attended to as well, even though Judd hated the time he was required to spend away from her taking care of it. He delegated as much as he could to their foreman, Nick. 
Dreyer was also a constant visitor, but he was oddly subdued and kept well in the background. Mac Brandon and his wife, Josette, heard about the tragedy and came by to offer support. So did a lot of other prominent citizens. Tippy Moore also came by after work to check on the patient, bringing Maddie with her. The actress had surprised a lot of people with her compassion. Most notable, Dreyer. He was unintentionally eavesdropper on a conversation she had on her cell phone. First, he thought she was talking to a man because her voice was soft and full of affection. Then she mentioned tests and grades and keeping out of fights with other boys. He realized she was speaking to a child. Turned out to her be her younger brother in a military school. She confessed it with an odd reserve and walked away before Greyer could question her anymore. When there were no visitors, Christina Bell was reserved with Judd. She didn't look him in the eye ever. She smiled when Grier and Maudie came and managed to converse with them, even though she was frighteningly weak. She was polite and distant with Tippy, but she was visibly uncomfortable with Judd. You should go back to work, she told him one morning when the nurse's aide got her up and into a chair while her bed was remade. I'm only going to be in here for a few more days. The doctor says Nick can handle things at home. I'm out of danger. Judd bareheaded and quiet didn't answer. He watched the aide change the bed, refill the ice pitcher without visible reaction. The aide finished, helped Christina Bell back in bed, smiled shyly at Judd, and left, closing the door behind him. Judd still hadn't spoken, moved to her bedside, looked down at her broodingly. Her hair needed washing was tangled and limp. Her weakness was evident as she moved with difficulty because her lungs were only becoming to heal from the double peril of a bullet wound in bronchitis. She was winded just from getting up and out of the chair and back into bed. But to Judd, who'd watched her in anguish from the time she came out of the insect until now, she was beautiful. You'll lose your job and it will be my fault. She persisted. I won't lose it. I have permission to be here. He lifted her left hand and wrote his son over the signet ring she'd given back. She'd given back to him two months ago, placed it on her ring finger while she was still unconscious. You gave us all scare, he added solemnly. She moved her finger experimentally, only just realizing the ring was How did that get there? she asked innocently. I put it there, he replied quiet. We're still married. I had to sign you in under your legal name. She rubbed her eyes and took her hand away from him. That must have shocked Miss Moore, she said buried only. I hope she's willing to wait until we can get divorced. <sighs> he drew in a short breath and rammed his hand in his pockets. Let's see about getting you well back on your feet before we talk about that. She arched an eyebrow. Why wait? Turned away, frowning. Inspiration came as he studied the painting on the wall. Looked vaguely Japanese. You're forgetting the business trip to Japan, aren't you? You remember. We wouldn't want to upset the negotiators at this stage of by presenting a divided front, would we? It shouldn't affect the negotiations, she replied, but she didn't sound convincing. <laughs> he turned and studied her slight form. Under the Let's not take chances, just the same. She frowned, but she didn't argue. Whatever you want to do, it's fine with me, she replied after. But you may have to go to Japan alone. I don't know that I'll be up to it. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. He said he moved back to the bed. His face was drawn and something with worry and lack of sleep. He reached down and touched her face lightly with his finger. You're a little, you're a little better today. It's slow, she replied. Some rubbed soft, slowly, softly over her full mouth. It excited and remembered its adder response on Christmas Eve. He had so many regrets. He could hardly find room for them all in his conscience. 
If you don't sleep well, do you, honey? He asked with some concern. There are dark circles under your eyes. She laughed without humor. If I could get out of this bed, Jack Clark would have a few dark circles under his eyes, too. But they wouldn't be from lack of sleep. <laughs> It'll go away for a long time, he said courtly. Her dark eyes saw his Cash said you tried to attack him. His gaze moved as a far wall. I didn't even realize you were shot until Cash turned you over and we saw the blood. We thought you'd fainted until then. I don't faint, she marked drowsily. She sighed and closed her eyes wearily. You brave little idiot, she beat up, moving closer to bed. Why didn't you just sing out? He had you right in his sights, she said involuntarily. There wasn't time to shout a warning. By the time I spotted him, he was already pulling the trigger. Christina Bell, how do you think I'd feel if you died? Yes, Molly, do you think I could have lived with well, knowing that you bought my life with your own? She barely heard him. She was so tired. Couldn't let him kill you. He bent with a groan and pressed his lips hard to her for Listen, there's something that I need to tell you. He began. No, there's not, she murmured. It was my choice. I made it. Taking care of me for five years, Judd. My turn to take care of you. You couldn't bear the pain of remembering how she looked just after the bullet hit her. Benton drew his mouth tenderly over her dry lips, saving her warmth in a tense silence. Don't, she moaned, putting his, her hand against his mouth. Don't, please. I don't want to mess up your life any more than I already have. You don't owe me a thing. Kissed her palm hungrily. You don't understand. Her eyes opened and looked up at him. Sure, I do. I feel guilty for what you told Tippy about how I embarrassed you. Then I got shot, and you try to sacrifice yourself to make amends. Is it necessary? You can take this ring back. I'll give you a divorce. <laughs> got her hand, preventing her from removing the ring. <laughs> but coping with her suspicions was harder than he realized it might be. She wasn't going to listen to reason. She thought he was lying out of guilt and pity. <laughs> you might... You might lose her if you wait too long, she continued, her voice trailing off as she drifted in and out on the verge of falling asleep. I've already waited too long. He bit off, hating the lump in his throat that he couldn't seem to lose, his eyes intent and tortured on her pale face, but she didn't hear him. She was asleep. Soon after they brought her home from the hospital, Christina Bell was struggling around the house trying to cook. One Smotty escorted her back to bed. The next day, Judd carried her there, tight-lifted on responsive to her protests. I can't just lie around here like a lump. I'll never get well. She raged when he stared, started to put her back on her bed. Cooper said I had to exercise a little at a time, and not the way you're trying to do it, he retorted quickly. Put her down against the pillows and glared down at her. She had a shower and washed her hair with Smotty's help. She looked indefinitely better than she had days earlier. All right, I'll stay put, she muttered. Very nice. You should be spending time with Miss Moore. They're wrapping the film Friday, and they'll all be gone. He hadn't been able to get her to listen to a thing he'd said about his relationship with Tippy. She cut him off before he could even begin to explain it. Tippy had given him back the emerald and diamond ring with all sorts of mumbled apologies. He returned it to the drawers for the refund of most of his money. He wanted to tell Christine Bell, but she wouldn't listen. Neither would she accept the so-wrapped Christmas presents he brought down for her, certain that it was 
was an attempt to make up for not giving her one at the time. Marty had given him the Titanic Christina Bell had bought for him, and he kept it with him the whole time she was in the hospital. She didn't know that. He was tired of trying to make her listen. Greg had been more visible lately, too. Another source of worry. Chris Christina Bell perked up the minute he stuck his head in the door. She laughed with him. She never did with Judd before. I can't make you listen, he said in a heavy, defeated tone. You don't want to hear me. She glanced up at him in trouble darkness. You won't listen to me either. I said I'd give you the divorce whenever you want it. We can afford it now that we have the film company's check in the bank. He told her, I don't want a damn divorce, he snapped. I don't want to marry Tippy Moore. I never did. She tried to sit up and accidentally knocked over the glass of orange juice by the bed, spilling all over herself in the process. Now look what you made me do, she raged. I never touched the damn Thing. He shot back furious. Tippy Moore heard the raised voice and stuck her head in. Oh, for heaven's sake, she muttered, rushing back over. Rushing back out. She was back seconds later with a town wet wash. Out! She told Judd, holding the door. He started dark. You heard her. Christine Rouse said, Out! He threw up his hands, sucked out in a black temper, slamming the door. Viciously behind him, Tippy laughed. Aren't men the living end? She mused. She mopped up the orange shoes with the top. Uh, where do you keep your gowns? She asked matter-of-factly. Chrissy told her, surprised by the woman's efficiency. She was bathed off with the washcloth. Her dirty gown deftly removed and replaced by the clean one. Oh, I spent years taking care of my little brother and the man I cared very much for. Except my brother's nine now and in military school, her eyes were haunted. I spent a fortune getting custody of him from my mother and her latest lover. But I wouldn't want to put it past them to try and kidnap him for more money. Nobody knows where he is except me. Chrissy was fascinated by this glimpse of the woman's private life. There was a haunted look about her. You must care about him a lot, she nodded. He's my whole life. She picked up the towel and washcloth, gave the other woman a long, sad look. I made a lot of trouble for you with Judd. I want you to know that I'm sorry for all of it. I felt safe with him. He was the best man I've ever known, and I got possessive. But if I had the slightest idea you were married, I'd never. It's all right, Christine said, embarrassed. You can't help how you feel about people. Tippy said, isn't that the truth? She murmured, thinking about Cash Grier and his coldness, despite her attempts to revise his opinion of her. Christine predictably thought that she met Judd and was even more depressed. I gave Judd back the ring, she added firmly, and I'm sorry about letting him buy it for me, too. I never realized how bad things were around here. There won't be before much longer, Chris told her. We're working on a new deal with overseas market. If we can pull it off, I'll move out after we get the divorce, and he'll have everything he wants. Without you? Tippy asked, now astonished. Can't you see how he feels? He feels guilty, Chrissy told her. That will never... That will wear off. Given time, she lay back with her eyes. I'm tired of being married to man who thinks I'm amusing all trust. I just want out. Tippy didn't know what to say. She stood there with remorse eating at her. Finally, she went out the room and closed the door quietly behind her. She caused enough trouble for one day with only the best of attentions. <laughs> End of chapter 14.